Hey there, guys and gals, friends and foes. Welcome to another edition of Back of the Cereal Box. And this morning, we are going to be talking about WandaVision. We're going to be talking about the King Kong and Raya trailers. We're going to be eating some honeycomb cereal and talking to author, podcaster, publisher, and filmmaker Steven Zimmer. And we're going to do that right now. Or so I thought, right now. All right, guys and gals, we are back. And uh, this is Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John B. Pica. But you can call me Johnny. We've already got a few viewers watching. And if you are watching, please make sure you post a comment. And um, if you're watching on YouTube, click the subscribe button and um, get, uh, you know, press that bell icon so that you get all of our, uh, all of our, um, notifications all of our new episodes now aubrey brewer is running late and d barty uh wait there she is there she is good morning aubrey x good morning <laughs> you do not sound happy about this morning i'm just extremely tired listen it was so hard for me to pull myself out of bed this morning. Um, but here I am. And look, I've got a big bowl of um, honeycomb cereal. Have you ever had honeycomb? I had the I had a one of the honeycomb cereals, yeah. Honeycomb is interesting because it has big real honey flavor but um not really it tastes more like a uh, buttery puffed wheat which is mm -hmm. good but it doesn't taste like what i would think a honey thing would oh, taste like yeah. but look this is why i picked this one this week one it was on sale at walgreens for $1.99 a box mm -hmm. which is an incredible value and two on the back because you remember, when I was a kid, we didn't have iPhones or iPads at the table. So the back of the cereal box was our entertainment. And this one has this cool uh, seven days, seven ways to make this your best week ever. I love this idea. So day one, be kind. Practice a random act of kindness. Day two, be confident. Don't be afraid to be your unique self. I've never been afraid of that. <laughs> Day three, be adventurous. Try something you've never done before. Aubrey, what are you going to try this week that you've never done before? <laughs> uh, Day four, be creative. Make something cool. I do that every week. Uh, day five, be independent. Take the initiative to do something for yourself or something yourself. I think that that 
uh, applies to you. You're pretty independent, right? Mostly, yeah. Yeah, you're I mean, an independent woman. And uh, day six, be a dreamer. You can achieve great things if you dream big. Uh, our upcoming guest, Rose Marie, would agree with that. And day seven, be brave. Be confident in doing the right thing. I like that. That that's I, I love that. I, I love that. It's not a game. It's but but it's important life lessons. And I would agree that this is a great way to have the best week ever. Um, now, as I was mentioning, as we came live on the air, DBRT had a death in the family, uh, and she would not be joining us. But we have a very special co-host. Now, before I bring in our uh, our guest, Aubrey, I noticed something different in your bowl this morning. Uh, raisin bran. Mm. Raisin bran. You're going to be fun to be around later this afternoon. Why? What do you mean? I'll let you discover that on your own. So, <clears throat> Stephen Zimmer has joined us. Stephen Zimmer of the remarkable Seventh Star Press family, author, publisher, podcaster, and filmmaker. Stephen, I ask every one of our guests, you're laughing about the Raisin brand comment. I am right? still laughing at that. I had a feeling. Hello, yeah. Aubrey. That, yes, that was funny. <laughs> Yeah, Stephen knows. Um, but uh, Stephen, tell our audience who you are, what you do, and how you got wrangled into doing this at 8 o'clock in the morning on the internet. Well, my name, as you said, is Steven Zimmer, and as far as what I do, you've already pointed out that I'm pretty much a hat collector, it almost sounds like, but my uh, my heart and soul is as a writer's storyteller, so that kind of takes form as an author and a filmmaker, but I also am a publisher, a podcaster, and then also a founder of the Imaginarium Convention, so that keeps me pretty busy in indie world. Definitely. And as far as getting wrangled into this, well, I've had the blessing, honor, and uh, of knowing uh, you for quite a while. So love your endeavors. And this uh, new show is absolutely fantastic. And so when I got the offer to be a guest on, of course, I said yes immediately. So that's, uh, yeah, this is not a bad time for me. I'm usually up writing at this time. So if I uh, you know, put aside my writing session to be on the show, you must be pretty important. <laughs> Now, I told your uh, better half, Holly, to make sure that you had a big bowl of cereal this morning. I do. I have some. What mm -hmm. do you got? And it's going to be good indie author advice. Now, this, let me see if I can hold it up here. That looks, you can see it. That is, it looks like crunch berries. But I'm going to tell you, yeah, the, the best kept secret in stores is the, uh, let me see, there we go. Mm-hmm. The bagged cereal, the clones, the knockoffs. Yes, that's the Malto meal version of Crunch Berries. And I always lo have loved Crunch Berries all my life. But the big secret is, of course, is that all those big companies that make the uh, brand name stuff tend to be the same companies that make the knockoffs. So, uh, so that is why when you try a lot of these cereals, they taste pretty much exactly like the, the real thing. So I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an economical sort, but yeah, yeah we'll call it French berries. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm a big fan of the big bags there because they are cheaper, but people don't notice them because they're at the bottom of the shelf in the right. grocery store. You got to like bend over to pick them up. 
But the only reason I don't do the bag cereals is because it's a lot harder, as you just discovered, to hold up the bag as opposed to the box. So that's true. That is true. Um, do you remember this theme song, Stephen? Honeycomb, honeycomb, hun, hun, honeycomb, honeycomb, honeycomb. Oh, yes. And I, yeah, honeycomb was always one of my favorites growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Love, love the jingles of the past. Yeah, it, this, this is pretty good. I've not had it since I was a kid, and uh, I'm digging it. It's uh, not super sweet and uh, pretty good. Now, here's the question, Stephen. 12 year old Stephen Zimmer. Okay. Saturday morning. What are you watching on TV? Saturday mornings in Lexington as a 12-year-old, uh, we had a slate of cartoons. And I, I mean, I was like a creature of habit every Saturday morning. I would always have a great cereal. Tended to be, if you remember, Quisp, little mm -hmm. guy with the propeller on his head. That 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 was my cereal growing up. And and then the other one I liked was Rice Krispies with putting my own sugar into it. So I could make it as sugary as I possibly could. And uh, to the point that I would be scooping spoonfuls of sugar out at the bottom at the end. The sugar but, uh, yeah. Great stuff. And, uh, but yeah, Saturday mornings, I would typically watch and see cartoons that I would focus on were Thundar the Barbarian, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Captain Caveman and, and the gang. I guess that was the Hanna Barbera cartoons. Yeah. And, uh, then stuff like, uh, they had another cartoon I loved that had old video game characters, like old school video game characters like Donkey Kong and Pac Man. They actually had a cartoon series of those guys. And, uh, about 12 year old me would be watching all of that for about three or four hours. Then around noon, Noon in Lexington was when our local wrestling show would come on, and yeah. that was the that was the early days where we had um, Jerry Lawler, uh, Randy Savage, Leaping Lanny, all those guys were, were were in there as you know they're very obviously in their young young stage then, uh, but they were it was great and it would start off with this iconic like trophy spinning with light gleaming off of it and a big bombastic intro and yeah that was always fun and so yeah I always capped it off with the wrestling and then I went outside and actually played outside back when kids used to do that. <laughs> All right. So um I had a I had a pool in my backyard. So we hit we would hit the pool or you know ride our bikes down to the drugstore and get comics and junk oh, yes. food. But before that I had to stay in the living room at least to watch the uh Godzilla movie of the week. Oh yes. We after wrestling we had Godzilla or Kung Fu movies. And I wasn't a big kung fu movie fan as a kid, but those creature features, anything with big, stompy robots and monsters, I was a fan of. Um, so, hey, before we get into uh, the rest of the show, we got some comments already. bunch of people watching. Uh, Cindy Kep says, good morning. Good morning, Cindy. How are you all? We're doing great. It was tough. And uh, I posted this earlier, but Andy's... Uh, Anthony Sakovich said, I eat Raisin Baron all the time. Knock it off, LOL. I saw that, yeah. I yeah, you're fun to be around, Anthony, I'm sure. Um, DL is watching this morning, and she is one of our regular co-hosts. Uh, I prefer small individual boxes because I was never allowed to get them growing up. Really? Well, you'll have to tell us that story the next time you're uh, a, a host, DL. Um does anyone remember Hanna-Barbera? Of course. Oh, yes. I am a Hanna-Barbera universe freak. Um, and, Stephen, are you into comics at all? 
Um, I did. Uh, I was a big, big baseball card kid growing up, and I did enjoy comics. My dad had given me um, his that he had when growing up, Sergeant Fury, you know, a lot of uh, Marvel stuff and whatnot. Uh, but I never got as as heavy into it as, as you did because I kind of kind of skewed to the novel route uh, early, thanks to my mom. <laughs> but uh, but I always did have comics and love them. Yeah, so well, I, I did I didn't do enjoy them quite a bit. The reason I ask is because when I was growing up watching the Hanna-Barbera cartoons and, um, you know, they did Space Ghosts and the Herculoids and Mitor and Birdman and the Galaxy Trio and the Impossibles and Blue Falcon, Johnny Quest. Um, oh, Johnny Quest, yeah. I, I always wanted them to do a team-up. I was like, why are these guys not like this giant super team? Why are Blue Falcon, Space Ghosts, and Birdman not like the the trinity and finally dc comics who bought hanna barbera through warner brothers um a few years ago did a comic series called future quest and that's what it was it was the team up of all of the hanna barbera universe characters and it was fantastic and dl memphis says does anyone remember hanna barbera's the schmoo I was yes. about to mention him. I was about to mention him. You know, Love this movie. you know that is so yeah. funny. I, I thought maybe I was the only one who was a, a, a Smoo fan, um, and I I learned how to draw drawing that blob shape character. Um, the Smoo. Oh yes. Oh, ah. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah, that just white. <laughs> and I guess he could change shape, stretch. Mm -hmm. I, I I forget the whole thing, but that was weird. Um, and Anthony Sakovich says, Johnny Quest. Yes. Love some Johnny Quest. Watch that one a lot. And DL says, I loved the schmoo. So we're gonna have to uh oh, yeah. we're gonna have to find the schmoo um merchandise. Speaking oh, of yes. merchandise, um this is the part of the show, Stephen, where uh, we share any loot that we got this week, any cool finds. And um, Cindy Kep says, I watched an hour or more of Looney Tunes. Ab and hey, those are back on MeTV. They're nice. on right now on Antenna TV. So MeTV, you can watch those. Not now. Stay with us. But we'll. Uh, but afterwards, go watch some Saturday morning cartoons. So... Um, I am going to do this. Boom. Uh, I see. I thought the loot days were over because you know we get we get past Christmas and you know we kind of get back into the normal lives. But if you watched Aubrey, if you watched the uh, the videos of our road trip to the flea market and to um, uh, Bowling Green, I know you watched them because you couldn't go. She's like, oh, <laughs> go back and watch them. Um, see what you missed because we had a great time. But um, I found on vinyl um, two episodes of the Green Hornet radio show. And I, I showed those yesterday. I had no or last week. And I had no idea that radio shows were on vinyl. And so I I've become a man obsessed. And I picked up this week C Captain Midnight 
four exciting adventures on vinyl. Super excited about that. And then uh, if you guys were into old-time radio, Fibber McGee and Molly, and I've got two. Nice. Two Fibber McGee and Molly records. Um, yeah. They're uh, two or four episodes each. Um, Aubrey, Stephen, have you guys been old-time radio fans? Oh, I, I love, yeah, I love old-time radio. Yeah, de definitely not an encyclopedia on it, but I, yeah, I love it. It's definitely like I find it interesting. Yeah, um, I, that's something I could see you definitely finding at a flea market, but that's about it. Um, <laughs> well, you you can get the old time radio episodes on CD at Cracker Barrel. There's they've got a spinner rack of them. That's um, another place I could see having. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I got addicted to old time radio when I was in college. Because I lived eight hours from, well, school was eight hours from home. So when I would go home back and forth um, on holidays and whatnot, I would pop in a cassette of old-time radio uh, Shadow or Green Hornet episodes. Um, because, you know, when you're traveling across country, radio cuts in and out. And, and right. it, it's pretty crappy sometimes. So, uh, you know, it was a lot easier to put in a cassette. And I had music that I would listen to, but I loved listening to audiobooks and old-time radio, and so that's what I would do. Um, picked up two other things this week. And these are not vintage, but uh, I found them in the stores, and I had to have it. Uh, it's the little things in life that make me happy. And I cannot wait for the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show coming up on Disney+. Plus. And this is the John Walker Captain America Mini Mate with Bucky the Winter Soldier. I love these Mini Mates. I'm a, I'm obsessed with them. And I I recently put away a huge collection because I didn't have a place to display them. They're in storage. I really don't need to own any more, but I couldn't help myself. It's Captain America. And then you guys who are into board games may love this. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Game mashups. Simon and Sorry mashed up. And we went to play this last night, and you need AA batteries for Simon, and we didn't have any. So we're going to get those today and play this tonight. But they did this. There's the Game of Life and Popomatic Trouble mashed up, and Connect Four and Candyland nice. mashed up. Nice. What a great idea. I, I'm so happy. So, uh, Aubrey, you got any loot this week? Anything cool that you found? No, I'm I'm still boring this week. Um, You're slacking. I know. I Actually, know. I have loot for you. Oh, Lord. I don't have it up here in the room, but your sweatshirt came in. Yay! Yeah. So um, I might, uh, I'll message you later about maybe swinging by and dropping it off to you. So you okay. can take a bunch of selfies in it and post them to our Instagram page. Um, I work until three or probably four, depending on. It'll be later time. <laughs> okay. It'll be later. Because, because listen, my, my daughter watched the flea market episode and she's like we got to go back there 
I'm like, yes, we do. And it's 45 oh. minutes from the house, so we're going back. I so, um, yeah, well, I wish you could have been with us. It was so much fun. But you know what? The next road trip, and we're gonna, uh, I'm gonna have a date pretty soon. We are gonna do our next road trip to Chattanooga. So, um, you can be along with us for that. So, uh, Carl Witzman is watching. He says, Good morning. I can't believe you're actually watching Carl after hosting his uh, green room uh, last night till the wee hours of the morning. Maybe he never went to bed. <laughs> and Joe Dog McKeel says, Howdy, y'all. Howdy, Joe Dog. Howdy. So, um, let's see. Let me look at uh, my, my notes here. So, we welcome Zimmer. You've shared who you are. We've talked about what we're eating. Weekly loot. Okay, movies and TV. So, I, uh, Joe McKeel says, choo-choo. Woo-woo. Pardon me, boy. Is that the Chattanooga choo-choo? Woo-woo. Yeah. Track 49. Can you give me the time? Anyway, love that song. Can you afford to board? I'm just going to sing the whole episode. Is that okay with you guys? All right, Stephen, I asked you this question um, uh, before in, in Messenger, like last week, and you didn't respond. But are you a Godzilla fan? I am a Godzilla fan. Yeah, I was thinking of that when you were mentioning that earlier. I love those monster mashups growing up. Uh, yeah, black and white movies with Rodan, Mothra, all the different uh, God, you know, opponents of Godzilla. I saw all those when I was growing up as a kid. Love, so, yeah, absolutely. Godzilla versus Kong is on its way. Nice. Are, are we excited about this? I am. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> Aubrey, what about you? I'm I'm excited. I especially like seeing that uh, the some of the actors that are in it, so that helps. But yeah, uh, yeah. So um, here's here's the thing about this: um, the the trailers came out. That it looks fantastic. I can't wait to see it. I love Godzilla movies. I love King Kong movies. I, I'm just I'm super pumped. Now there was a Godzilla versus King Kong or King Kong versus Godzilla back in the '70s, which um, you know, eh, maybe wasn't great, but you know, it's fun Saturday matinee fun. Um, you know what, Aubrey? I think we should schedule a Saturday afternoon viewing of this. Okay. As back of the cereal box, we'll do the show, and then we'll go watch it uh, Saturday afternoon, just like I would have when I was a kid. Okay. I think that could be a lot of fun. But here's the thing with. Uh, Kong versus uh, Godzilla versus Kong. There's no dates been released. It just says 2021. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I, I'm really frustrated about that. But a movie that they have released dates on is the new Disney film, Raya and the Last Dragon. Have you guys seen this trailer? Not yet. No, I have not. So, Aubrey, I sent it to you and told you to make sure to watch it. Um, and, and we had some comments back and forth on Messenger about it. Um, did you notice what I noticed that nobody else is talking about? Uh, yeah, I did notice it. I didn't notice that. I didn't think that's what you were talking about at first, but I did notice it. So, for those of you who are wondering, um, 
at the very end of the trailer, at the very end, um, there's one frame for like two seconds that shows March 5th. It's coming March 5th. And then the last frame of the trailer is available in theaters and Disney Plus Premium Access. They snuck it in there at uh, just the tail end, Disney Plus Premium Access, which means they, 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 I think they kept it quiet on purpose. It is going to be in theaters, and we're going to go see it. Um, I've already created uh, an event page, Aubrey, for us to go see it on March 5th, maybe March 6th. Maybe we'll do the same thing a, a Saturday afternoon after the show. But um, it's interesting that there's been no big announcement from Disney about it also being available streaming the same day that it will hit theaters. You know, uh, Warner Brothers and HBO Plus got a huge backlash when they made that big announcement that that's what they were going to do this year. Um, and at Disney Investor Days in December, you know, they were just very cagey about the whole digital release thing. And, and you know, no one wanted to commit one way or another. And here in this trailer, they just quietly say, oh, yeah, we're going to release it on Disney uh, uh, Disney Premier Access or premium access as well. Um, and a lot of people, Stephen, you will understand this because you are a content creator. But a lot of fans have gotten really bent out of shape about Disney Plus. You know, you pay your $6.99 a month subscription, but then they're, they're releasing these movies the same day they hit theaters, but you got to pay an additional $29.99 to view it but it becomes part of your permanent Disney Plus catalog. And two months later, it will be free on Disney Plus to all subscribers. But a lot of people aren't understanding why they have to charge that $29.99 on the same day as release in, in theaters. And I'm sure that you get it, Stephen. Yes, I mean, definitely. I mean, they're having to uh, come up with new models. I mean, because theaters are definitely uh, uh, feeling the heat with this whole pandemic uh, thing. And so, yeah, they're finding model to, to have to replace that uh, big gap. And that's about the only way, I guess, you know, you know, they figure it out at this point. Yeah, I mean, they got to make the money back some way, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Aubrey, I think you're one that doesn't really agree with that model. Uh, am no, I right? not $30, no. Well, okay. Uh, I, I do know they need to make the money back. I agree with that, but uh, I don't know. I feel like they're they're pushing it just a little bit. So let me twenty nine ninety nine is the price point, and and let me tell you why they said it that. And a lot of people are like, why would I pay twenty nine ninety nine when I could pay you know in Gallatin where I live, it's eight seventy five to go to the movies, or you know ten twelve bucks, whatever it is where you are. Why would I pay $29.99? Well, the reason it's priced at $29.99 is that's like a family price. They know that, you know, uh, one person isn't sitting down to watch that. You're putting, you know, your, your three, four, five, in my case, when we watch Mulan, eight people were watching it. And you you divide that by 30 bucks, it's, it's less than five bucks a person or two bucks a person. 
I mean, to me, that's a monumental deal. Now, if Aubrey, if you're the only one that's going to sit down and watch it, yeah, twenty nine ninety nine, not not even part of the equation. Right. Uh, go to the movie theater. Anyway, uh, let's see. Chris Brown says, "Imagine because other jurisdictions are locked down, and it can be released in England, France, and Germany." Yeah, so yeah. you you get to release it in lockdown areas. Although, well, we're not going to get into that. Chris will go off on a political tirade, so we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> um, we don't. We are Aubrey and I and DBRT Stephen. Uh, we are of the same political bent as you and Holly, but this show does not get into the. Oh, no problem. Don't worry. <laughs> I know. I know how it goes. <laughs> um, Carl Witzman says they were up till midnight, but we survived. So, speaking of Disney Plus. And then we'll get into uh, your work, Stephen. Um, have you guys been watching WandaVision? I was going to watch the last two episodes last night, but I had to stay over for work. And by the time I got home, I just kind of shut everything out. I have to confess, I've been buried in the Revolutionary War era series turn. It's All right. engrossing me lately. So <laughs> we'll get okay. out to it. Yeah. Um, the, the basic premise, the first three episodes, uh, is taking place in a sitcom universe, a classic, you know, 50s, 60s, and, and then into the 70s with episode three, sitcom setting. And you're, you know that something is weird, that, that it's not quite right, that, that it's not really reality, but you're not quite exactly sure what's going on. And with, uh, I'm, I'm going to try not to give any spoilers, but episode four is a complete game changer, Aubrey. Not only are all of your questions answered, everything about this sitcom uh, setting makes complete sense. And this show, starting with episode four, is setting the stage for the rest of of the MCU movies phase four to come. It is so important. If you're an MCU fan, it's a big, big, big deal. And episode four really sets the bar super high. And people who have hated this show or who've been on the fence, uh, I think are going to be very, very pleased, very satisfied with what they see in episode four. That's all I'm going to say. Now, before, uh, let's see, we got a couple of sponsors we need to acknowledge, so we'll do that right now. Uh, we are sponsored by the League of Impossibilists and the comic book, The Further Adventures of the League of Impossibilists, based on and inspired by the characters from the Tales of the Decoverse series. Let's take a look.
author Cindy Kep is writing on the edge. Books include Remnant in the Stars, The Loudest Actions, Lines of Succession, Mindstorm, Condemned Courier, The Yerushalon Series, and Animal Eye. Find author Cindy Kep at C-K-O-E-P-P dot com today. Excellent. Thank you, Cindy. And uh, remember, we are also brought to you by Diet Coke. <laughs> Aubrey still doesn't laugh at that. Um, I, I, get, I giggled a little bit. <laughs> Aubrey, there's some uh, video game news this week. Which one? Uh, Resident Evil 8? I, I don't know. You said you had some some video game news this oh, week. Oh, yeah, Resident Evil 8. I thought you were going to say something else came up. I didn't know. Um, uh, yeah, the Resident Evil 8 demo came out. I was pretty... It was actually a lot uh, better than I expected. I um, didn't really care for Resident Evil 7, but it kind of has uh, a mix between that and Resident Evil 4, so it's kind of cool. And vampires. I like vampires, so... Uh, anybody who obviously, I think it's only on PlayStation the demo is, but if anybody can download it, you should play it. So, so you, you're into vampires. What's your favorite vampire movie? I, a lot of them are really cheesy, but uh, I would have to say Underworld or um mm, I would have to say Underworld for right now because that's the only one I can think of at the top of my head that is actually good. See, I love vampire movies, but I tried to watch Underworld. I, ten minutes in, I was done. I, why? Listen, why do vampires need to use guns? Why are vampires and werewolves fighting using guns? <laughs> These are supernatural creatures. I want to see vampires... You using their powers? Well, the lichens uh, were able to overpower the vampires, and that's and well, she was supposed to be the main one. Uh, Kate Beckinsale was supposed to be a skilled uh, vampire assassin type. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's fine. But but, uh, I mean, come on, guns. I, I want to see vamp. If you're gonna fight werewolves, at least use you know. A solid silver sword. You know, <laughs> guns are too easy. I you agree. can hide around the corner and shoot them. That's that. There's no sport in that. Use arrow, silver-tipped arrows. You know, use knives. Wait, come on. Let's. I want to see conflict. I don't want to see pew 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 pew. I remember the popular one when I was growing up was Blade. <laughs> Blade is decent. He uses a sword. Mm-hmm. That, that's the way to do it. Sword it? stakes. We got one movie that did that with Rise of the Lycans in that franchise. I mean, that was swords, crossbows, and and that. And then yeah, straight up. That yeah. Yeah, I need to watch yeah. the rest of the uh, the yes. uh, saga, the rest of the franchise. But yeah. the first one, I just I couldn't do it. And and when she was, why does a vampire have to drive a car? 
She's driving a car through the city, and and she has to jump out before it goes into the the lake or the river or the ocean or whatever. Why vampires fly, or they can at least leap tall buildings in a single bound. They definitely uh, didn't make them as uh, vampires as well your typical vampires in that movie. So I'll give you that. Lost Boys is the best vampire movie ever made. I uh, still need to figure out how I can watch that because everybody's told me that was such a really good movie. I've got it on DVD. I'll bring it to you with your sweatshirt. Thank you. you need to do a whole vampire episode with Holly. She could fill up five hours. I well, I would love to. I would love to. Um, <laughs> Cindy Kep says, supernatural critters using guns, eye roll. And Larry Hoy says, why does God need a starship? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> were they at least atypical guns? No, but they were atypical bullets. Mm-hmm. Somehow the the werewolves, the lichens, figured out how to make bullets with sunlight yeah, in them. Stuff, yeah. Yes. And <clears throat> Sandra Noel says, "Fright Night." That was I a good one too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, so Resident, it was Resident Evil Eight. Yeah. Yeah my my son just finished that, so um, it it's must like be good if he's playing it. She's like ten foot tall, and she and she's like old timey. And um, at the end, she like pulls out these Freddy Krueger claws, and it was I don't know, it was really cool. <laughs> very very cool. Uh, well, thank you for that update, Resident Evil Eight. If you guys are playing it, let us know what you think about that. And um, so, Stephen, um, we want to talk about your projects. You are the author of the Raiden Valkyrie series. Mm-hmm. And wait, I'm not supposed to show that one yet, am I? Well, it's available. <laughs> so, yeah, it can be shown. Oh, it is. Okay. I thought this was the new one that you were getting ready to announce. Oh, I, you can show that one too. But uh, yeah, we can talk about that next. But yeah, that's the current uh, release that's out there right now the Darkness and Thrones. Kind of so, goes. Tell us about Raiden valkyrie chronicles what what what's the the elevator pitch well these these ebook novellas kind of go back to a kind of pulp era of storytelling you know, like the robert e howard stuff the, you know conan stories uh, but each one is a standalone story and they take place at different points in the character's timeline and so in that sense you know they're very much a, a kind of a, a, a kind of a with a modern twist being ebooks uh, like a pulp era of storytelling but yeah it's definitely ancient world setting uh, very dark edged fantasy sword and sorcery and very hard hitting uh, but i hope that people find my protagonists uh, edifying and a little inspiring yeah they definitely have a a, a bit of an honor code that they kind of stick to. Very cool. Now you've got a spin-off series with one of the characters from the Raiden Valkyrie Chronicles, right? Yes. Uh, well, yeah. Ragnar is uh, gaining steam on his own. <laughs> All right. Here <laughs> yes, we go. This, this is well. the big announcement. 
Yep, that is a cover reveal right there. And that's uh, just happened. And it is uh, the coming up in February. February the 17th is when this one will be out. Uh, this particular story goes back into Celtic lore. Uh, definitely plays with that kind of uh, setting. And a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And as you can tell, yeah, he's a kind of a Viking-esque kind of culture that he comes from. The planet or world that they are in is, is a little bit different than ours. Uh, but definitely people will get that sense that it's got a kind of a Norse foundation for him. Uh, but yeah, they takes him into a world with that. Yeah. The, the whole Celtic kind of world hinges, uh, Banshee type uh, uh, spirits, all kinds of fun stuff. Now I should mention that seventh star press, your, your publishing company is doing some pretty cool stuff. Um, well, one, you're my publisher. <laughs> yes, I am. One of your we, we don't have a release date yet, but I keep crossing my fingers. <laughs> But what cover art. yes, we've got to get that cover right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, and we can talk about that offline. But um, we, uh, yes. what, one of the things I love that you're doing, and we're doing this with the Tales of the Deckover series, is you're releasing these ebook short stories, novellas, and then after the, the series is is done, you're putting them in a print compendium, a, a, an omnibus, yes. so to speak. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. But, you know, a lot of people, uh, you guys were brilliant coming up with this idea. Um, if you see Stephen and Holly or any of the Seventh Star Press authors at a convention, um, they're going to be selling the ebooks uh, along with the print editions, but they're not just going to be handing you, you know, a slip of paper with the Amazon address to download it. You're going to actually buy what they call a jump card. Mm -hmm. Um is it a $5 card, Stephen? That's the typical price, but yeah. authors can, you know, they might want to sell them at different prices, but that's going to be our, our typical price. Yeah. So uh, what, what, it's basically like a, a credit card, a debit card, or, or you know, is a hard copy plastic card, uh, sometimes mounted on a, like a peg card. So, mm -hmm. you know, you, if you're, you can't afford a $20 novel, but you can, drop five bucks for an ebook um you 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 come away with a physical product it's mm -hmm. not just you know oh go to my amazon page and you can get the ebook because nobody does that they leave your booth and they're not gonna remember to do that but they can take this jump card with them and download it right there from the convention floor it's mm -hmm. pretty phenomenal i i yes. think it's the smartest Thing that publishers have done in a long time. And I've not seen a lot of other publishers doing this yet, Stephen. Well, we work with the source for those is actually Jumpmaster Press. I want to give a shout out to Gene Rowley and Kyle Hanna. They're awesome, awesome guys. And they uh, came up with the jump card, the jump card ID. And we as a press are working in you know partnership with them for our authors. Uh, but it's great. Like you said, you know, you have a, a very slick, um, really nice, you know, full color, glossy uh, uh, rack mounted. It's got little, you know, the whole punch things you can put it up on, on like a spinning rack. And uh, they're really nice and they have a one-time use download code on them for the ebook. 
on the jump cards. Jump card IDs um, actually have a USB port and they, you can load an audiobook and ebooks onto them. So you can actually sell audiobooks and ebooks, the files at, you know, straight up on, on the jump card IDs. Then the jump cards are, are cards, as you said, that have the ebook downloads on them. So they're great, great products and make it possible for authors to sell audiobooks and ebooks at conventions. Yeah, that's very cool. Now, Aubrey, are you, uh, we've not talked about this. Are, are you uh, a big reader? No, my mom's tried to give me books uh, to read. <laughs> oh, wait, my heart just broke right there. <laughs> I know. I, I still have one like sitting and getting dust on it uh, that I, that she gave me to read. It was uh, Ready Player One. Oh, yes. Er really Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein. You need to read that. They did make a pretty good movie out of it, too, but <laughs> the book is always better. Well, um, yeah. I was, she, she said, don't you dare watch the movie before you read the book, and I still haven't done either. <laughs> I know I'm terrible. Yeah. So here's 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 the, the, the key to reading <clears throat> uh, books, Aubrey. Mm -hmm. So because not everyone is an avid reader. We, we get that. It breaks our heart, right, Stephen? <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes there's nothing better than just absorbing yourself into a great novel. And there, there mm -hmm. have been times when I've started reading a novel um, and I can't put it down. I've got to finish it. And I, I spent 24 hours one time in a chair to finish um, one of the Timothy Zahn uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy books. It was the first one, Heir to the Empire. I was just oh, yeah. like hooked. Um, but if you can't do that, here's what you do, Aubrey. You hmm. schedule 30 minutes a day. And, and you just read maybe one chapter or two chapters in that 30 minutes. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, finish the whole book in one sitting. You can uh, take it in bits and pieces and just make it part of your daily habit. I've got like four or five books around the house that I'm reading at one time, you know, depending on what room I'm in, I'll, I'll pick it up and, and read it. Uh, and Steven, I've seen uh, your office and the stacks <laughs> of books that you have. Stacks, stacks and stacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty. <laughs> so Cindy Kep says she has drop cards uh, for some of her books too. They're very handy. And Sandra says, I like Aubrey's mom. <laughs> she gave you Ready Player One. You should actually, Aubrey, you should love that book because you're a gamer. That's why she mm -hmm. she gave it to me. It's like you need to read this. Cause I brought up uh, a gamer term. Well, um, I brought up like terms that were obviously used in the book, like Easter eggs and stuff. And she was like, You would really like this book. So yeah, I know, I know. And I, I that's why I am interested. If I was to pick a book to pick up and just read, I would know it would be that if, one. If, if, oh, oh, Aubrey. Yeah. Aubrey. If you like if you like 80s culture, the 80s, which I, I love I the do. 80s. Yeah, that it, you're, you're going to love it. <laughs> you are absolutely going to love it. Yeah. Cindy Kep says, Air, Air to the Empire was fun. It was so good. The Thrawn trilogy was so good. Fans so wanted that to be the new Star Wars sequels, and we didn't get that, but it's not too late. We could still do it. Uh, if you've read the Thrawn trilogy, it could be tweaked 
just enough to fall in between the the original trilogy and the new sequel trilogy. And we could use, you know, um, Billy Lord as as Leia and Sebastian Stan as Luke and uh, Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. And we could do Heir to the Empire. We could do the Thrawn trilogy. And Cindy Kep says, Aubrey, game lit. Check it out. It's all about tales and game worlds. All right, all right, all right. I'll break down and do it. <laughs> all right, so Steven is also one of the co-producers of one of the coolest, coolest uh, conventions around. Imaginarium. Tell us about Imaginarium 2021, Steven. That is the first time that we have shown the new logo publicly. You just did it. We have not even did not even have that logo on the website yet, and that was de designed by Aaron Drown Design. That's our brand new logo. It's beautiful. So there you go. You got a scoop. <laughs> but it is an eighth year convention, a true labor of love, full all genre creative writing and storytelling convention. Uh, we include everything uh, from from the book world to the movie world to game design con uh, programming. I mean, we've got it all and have been evolving it uh, to really, you know, really support the independent storyteller. And it is um, this year it's going to be very interesting because we're going to do a hybrid event. Uh, last year, we because of obviously with the whole pandemic joy, we had we were forced to take our live event and make it a virtual convention. And in First time we ever did it. We had to, you know, obviously that learning curve, learn on the fly. And, but overall, I mean, it went really well. And, and so this year though, uh, to cover everybody, cause different people are really eager to have a live event. Other people are a little more cautious or they can't travel here. They might be uh, people from a, you know, another country that can't necessarily get here. So we wanted to offer our content to, to both groups. And so this year we're going to have a hybrid event. So, so simultaneously we're going to have a virtual convention and a physical event. So that's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of a challenge, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. A lot of fun to do it. And what are the uh, the tentative dates? Right now we are we are set uh, July nine to eleven, and the physical event will take place in Louisville, Kentucky, at the Holiday Inn East, and then a virtual event will be happening uh, during the same same three day time period. But if you uh, are attending the physical event, you, you won't miss the virtual stuff because you can access that content for a full month after that weekend. So you can go back and watch all the panels and workshops that took place in the virtual convention afterwards. So, Stephen, uh, we're going to be there. Uh, we're going to be there, there at Imaginarium, uh, back at the Zero Box and the League of Impossibles. Nice. Uh, we'll be representing. And... Um, I haven't seen any news yet about panel submission yet, or have I just missed it? Monday. <laughs> we're we're there you go. Monday. We so, had to take a little more time because we had to make sure we got balanced with the whole virtual versus physical thing, but we're ready and Monday we're going to be hitting the ground running. Very cool. So Imaginarium 2021, it is literally one of my favorite conventions of the year. Um, there are two that I look forward to more than anything else. Um, Superman Celebration in Paducah, Kentucky in June and Imaginarium. Uh, it's like, the, the way I can describe Imaginarium, it's like um, a, a family reunion with 200 of your best mm -hmm. friends. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That absolutely makes sense. And, and we it's, it's by design. You know, we yeah. want to be, it's a very tolerant, inclusive type of setting. I mean, people of all, you know, genres, backgrounds under one roof and the vibes are very positive. I mean, it'll be like stepping out of all the muck of today and all the things going on out there. And, and it's a, it's an escape for a lot of folks. They really do love it. Yeah. Our kind of environment. Now, Aubrey, have you been to a lot of uh, comic or pop culture conventions? There's a lot of things I've wanted to do that I haven't. 2021 is your year. This is why you hooked up with Johnny. We are going <laughs> to uh, a bunch of conventions this year, and Imaginarium 2021 is one of them. So put it on your calendar. What are you yawning on camera? I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> So, Aubrey, you, you got you to gotta put, uh, what is it, July 9th? Through the yeah. 12th, is that what you said? 9 to 11, yeah. That's 9 to 11. Put that on your calendar right now, Aubrey, because it's an overnight trip. We, we will be staying in Louisville. And Nine there is programming all hours of the day and night. And it's yeah, going to be tons amazing. of programming. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we're going to be having a lot of fun. That's going to be great. And, um some of some of my best friends I, I met through Imaginarium. So me too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. So uh one thing did you say the awakening is coming out on Monday? No, uh the Imaginarium is hitting the ground running on Monday as far right. as it's opening up or anything. But the awakening that that will be February the seventeenth. Okay, which is February. a Wednesday. That's a Wednesday, yeah. Do so me that, a favor. Uh, Stephen, put it on your calendar to remind me to remind our viewers to go download The Awakening on its release date. Sure. I will tell you. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot believe it. We are already almost at an hour. And uh, I need to thank uh, the Hanging with Web Show TV. Uh, they promoted us this morning, advertised us to their uh, viewers and their subscribers. So Willow Schuyler and the team, thank you so much for your contribution. And I've not shown this live on the show yet. Um, Aubrey, I did a piece of artwork, and it's one of the hardest things I've ever drawn. This is our new Back of the Cereal Box cartoon mascot. Oh, yeah. That is my dog, Handsome Jacks, the Rat Terrier Chihuahua mix. I knew and it was a Chihuahua Terrier mix. I was about to ask. Anyway. That's awesome. He, uh, just the other day, he had this exact look on his face. It was one of those awesome serendipitous moments. I was like, that's Jax. I love it. So. Nice. We're going we're gonna to be doing some artwork that will be vectorized, and we'll be putting him on the back of his own cereal box shortly. Actually, so I, I need to tell you what. I have this idea, Stephen. Um, I'm so excited about this. And, Aubrey, you weren't with us last week when I first talked about it because last week was the pinup model invasion. Great show, by the way. Go back and watch it. Um, I'm working on a project. That, that we that the podcast is going to publish 
um, I've decided to go into the studio with a band and record a a vinyl forty five. Yes. Um, of cartoon theme songs, nice. updated versions of them, and um, we're gonna. You may remember back in the day, post serial, put vinyl mm-hmm. records on the back. Oh yes. Uh, they were actually glued to the to the uh, box, and you had to cut them out, but they worked. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna put a sleeve on the. Uh, we're gonna do cereal box packaging for back of the cereal box. We're gonna put the record on the back in a sleeve. Um, in the box is going to be a t-shirt or sweatshirt, um, a copy of the League of Impossibles comic book, a jump card for the Tales of the Deco verse, and um, uh, a toy, a cereal box toy. And we're all gonna put put it in a cereal box package. Um, so that's the big project that we're working on. Um, I'm going to need help with a Kickstarter on that one. So if you know anyone who does successful Kickstarters, please send them my way because I suck at it. Okay. Absolutely. And, um, make sure everyone checks out Aubrey's Twitch. She does live streaming on Twitch, Aubrey X1. What are you playing this week, Aubrey? Anything exciting? I usually just decide on the day uh, what I'm going to do to whatever I'm in the mood for. <laughs> but uh, I, I've done Assassin's Creed and uh, Call of Duty Zombies recently. So maybe one of those two or something else. All right. Very cool. And I, I forgot to mention this. We'll close the show with this. The truth is out there. And did you guys see this month, the month of January, and we're we're at the end of January, but for the month of January, there were three, three Loch Ness monster sightings. And did you see where they how they how they sighted them, Aubrey? I uh did not actually watching the Loch Ness live stream web feed people like are like glued to this web feed that is just you know focused on different parts of the lock and they saw the creature now i read the article and i was so disappointed not one single article had a link to the video from the web feed yeah that is pretty disappointing i want to see it for myself are you are you a crypto fan steven it, it fascinates me, but no, I'm not invested in it. Uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, the whole thing fascinates me a lot. Well, in your neck of the woods, in Lexington, you are a Bigfoot sighting hotspot. Mm-hmm. And every year, CryptidCon is held in Lexington, Kentucky. We're going to that one too, Aubrey. For the first time this year, we're going to go to CryptidCon. I can't wait. But uh, have you ever seen Bigfoot? And I'm not talking about looking in the mirror, Stephen. <laughs> right. No, I, I have not. But uh, we do have in, in eastern Kentucky in the mountains, I mean, we've got a lot of lore. I mean, everything from like shadow cats to, I mean, just all, all kinds of little folklore and, and mythol- you know, kind of crypto kind of things uh, around Kentucky in addition to Bigfoot. There's a lot to, lot, lot to look into here. And 
especially with the caves that they have underneath Lexington. That makes it even fun, more fun, because we're on top of a series of limestone caves. So you can you can really get into some stuff there. Well, so my wife grew up in Berea, and there's a there's a, an Imaginarium author who has written a series of books about the Eastern Kentucky Bigfoot. And one of the stories takes place in Berea, Kentucky, which is right on the edge of the Daniel Boone National mm -hmm. Forest. And if ever there was a place for a Bigfoot to be hiding, it's the Daniel Boone National Forest. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's great terrain. Something could hide easy in there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people are like, well, how come we've never seen one? Well, there are tons of sightings, but how often do you see a deer in the wild? I mean, or if you see a deer, they jump into the tree line and vanish. And they're not even smart enough to not want to be seen. If something is smart enough to not want to be seen, they're not going to be seen. So right. that's my that's my story. I'm sticking to it. All right. So this Monday, check out. The Imaginarium at EnterTheImaginarium.com. Uh, they will announce all of their panels, uh, submissions, and uh, dates, and all of that fun stuff uh, this Monday. And check out in February, The Awakening, a Ragnar Stormbringer tale by Stephen Zimmer. And I'm going to leave everyone with a very special message. Stop. Look close. Wait, look again. Don't be fooled. <laughs> Raisins can be anywhere. Vigilance is your only protection against the dreaded fool's chocolate. You just have a thing against raisins, don't you? <laughs> they should not be in any baked good, ever. <laughs> and how many times have you bitten into that chocolate chip cookie only to find out it's a raisin? Ah, oh, that's horrible. All right. To me. <laughs> so, guys, we are at the end of the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Aubrey, for being up this early in the morning. And, Stephen, thank you for joining us. You are welcome anytime. And for those of you who are watching, uh, please help us by subscribing on YouTube. Um, our goal is to get to 1,000 YouTube subscribers in the next 30 days. And if you do, if you subscribe to YouTube, um, and we hit a thousand subscribers. I will do the show in my crossplay Harley Quinn cosplay costume. If we hit five thousand, Aubrey, I'll do it as Slave Leia, oh, the gold wow. bikini and everything. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. It, and and if we hit ten thousand fans on Facebook, I'll go ahead and do Slave Leia. So either either 5,000 fans on YouTube, 10,000 fans on Facebook, whichever comes first. And um, uh, so you got to ante up there, Aubrey. You, you got to decide something outrageous and ridiculous you will do if we hit our goals. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think Slave Leia tops it, but... Yeah, um, all of a sudden she's having second thoughts about being a co-host of this show. Um, um, uh, so anyway, subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash back of the cereal box. Uh, also, uh, if you like the show, uh, like the Facebook page uh, at uh, Facebook, Cereal Box Podcast. 
And um, Instagram, follow us there. We do, uh, and that's uh, Serial Box Podcast as well. And of course, we do uh, exclusive content on all of our social media channels. But the best thing you can do is support us financially. And you can do that at PayPal at johnpica at johnpica.com or we've just launched a new Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash productions. So uh, your support financially, a dollar, $2 a month uh, will help us improve this show. And I think, Aubrey, you got some new lighting. Yes. <laughs> I'm not in the dark anymore. You look beautiful. Look up at the camera, smile, show us those beautiful brown eyes. Yeah, it'll reflect off my glasses, but yeah, you know. it's reflecting off mine too. Right, let's see if I yeah. can line it up yeah. and do Thank like a demon you. thing. Yeah. All right, all right. So, guys and gals, thanks for joining us. One last comment from Cindy Kep. Thanks for hosting the adventure. Y'all done good. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Aubrey. Thank you, everyone who's watching. You guys have a great rest of the Saturday. And uh, until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.